Hello and welcome to Account Instruction Help and How To. In this lecture, we're going to talk about putting together a financial statement for a merchandising company. So we took, we looked at the financial statements for a service company. Now there's going to be some adjustments when we deal with the merchandising company. Those adjustments having to do with, of course, the merchandise being the inventory. Objectives: We will be able to describe financial statements for a merchandising company, explain the differences and similarities between financial statements for a merchandising company versus financial statements for a service company, and explain the relationship between the balance sheet, the income statement, and the statement of equity. So there's going to be many things that are going to be the same from the service company than when we go to the merchandising company. And first of all, the process is going to be the same. So when we think about the process, we're thinking through that process where we're entering the data, the, the transactions are being entered by the accounting department. And then once all the transactions have been entered, those are the journal entries. Journal entries also often being driven by forms within a database system like bills, like invoices, like checks, those types of things which create the, the journal entries, which create, we use the journal entries to create the general ledger. We use the general ledger to create the uh, trial balance. Then we have that adjusting process. Remember, we're taking the accounting department's books, whether we're in a service company or for an merchandising company. We will do the period end adjustments, those adjustments making sure that everything is correct as of the end of the period, being the end of the year or the end of uh, a month. Then we're going to take that adjusted trial balance and create the financial statement. So that's what we're going to take a look at here. Same idea, except there's going to be a couple more categories with relation to a merchandising company, a company that sells inventory, as opposed to a service company that does not sell inventory. We're going to look at the same statements. We're going to look at a balance sheet. We're going to look at the income statement. And then we're going to look at the statement of owner's equity. In this case, we're going to take this information from the adjusted trial balance. So first, let's just think about what an adjusted trial balance in terms of the accounts that would be there and what would be in the adjusted trial balance and just go through those accounts. Then we need to find a home for all those accounts on the financial statements. Once we do so, then it will be in balance and everything will be good. First thing to note, I want to point out is that it should, it has to work if the adjusted trial balance is in balance and we're just going to reformat it into the financial statements. It has to balance. The two things have to format each other. Just as if we put a puzzle piece on the, on the table, we know that it's going to be put together. So it's just a matter of us figuring out the proper way in order to put it together. If we approach it in that format and be very confident that it, it does work, <laughs> then we could just find out where, where, if we have any problems, what is going wrong. So if we think about the adjusted trial balance, we're going to think about the chart of accounts. It's going to have a chart of accounts. And then it's going to have our T account. We can imagine a giant red T again. This is the entire trial balance, just listing all the accounts. Debits on the left, credits on the right. And we start off with the assets. So the assets are going to be debit balances. I'm imagining them to be green on our adjusted trial balance. And they include the cash as an asset. Then we got the accounts receivables as an asset. Merchandise inventory, new account from the uh, service company is of course an asset we have equipment's an asset we have accumulated depreciation there's that funny contra asset once an asset green account but it's got a credit balance because it's related to the equipment account then we move on to the liabilities so if we think about our giant red t account i'm imagining the liabilities on the right hand side because they're credits and they're going to be yellow so i'm going to imagine them yellow right hand side liabilities including accounts payable that's the only liability we're going to have at this point and so we're going to simplify it a bit. Next section within the trial balance is, of course, the equity section, which includes the capital account. Capital account, the amount owed to the owner. 
That's going to be a bright, I'm imagining it to be bright blue. It's really bright blue. It's going to be on the right-hand side of the giant red T, meaning it's a credit. It's going to be on the credit side. And then we have the draws. Draws is kind of that contra equity account. It's a little bit of a confusing account because it's an equity account. It's going to be a bright blue account as well, but it's got a debit balance to it. So it's kind of like a contra equity account because it's really bringing down the overall credit balance of the equities total. So it's going to be a debit on the big bright T account. The big red T account is going to be a bright blue on the debit side, left-hand side. And then we've got the income statement after that. The income statement, I'm going to imagine the entire income statement, including revenue and expenses as a darker navy blue. And we have sales. That's like revenue. That's like income. We might have called it fees earned when we talked about a service company. Now it's going to be called sales because we sell stuff. So that's going to be our revenue account. It's going to act the same as the revenue account before. It's going to have a credit balance. It's going to be on the right-hand side of the giant T. It's going to be in the credit section of the giant T. Then we have some new accounts here. We've got sales returns and allowances, and we've got discounts. Those both act like expenses, meaning they're going to have debit balances. They only go up in the debit direction, meaning they decrease net income. So they're going to be in that income statement looking kind of like an expense on the left-hand side of that giant T because they're debit balances. But when we pull them over to the income statement, as we will see, they'll be more grouped into the income section. So they're going to be more like contra uh, revenue accounts, kind of like the, the accumulated depreciation was a contra asset account. So that doesn't really bother us right here, but it's, gonna, it's going to put a twist into our income statement once we get to the income statement. Then we have the next new account, which is going to be the cost of goods sold. That is our biggest expense account. So that's why it's kind of like the top expense account. It's related to the inventory that we are then selling. Very important expense account, the relationship between that cost of the inventory that we are selling and the sales related to the sales price of the inventory we're selling. Very important relationship. We're going to break that out separately when we get to the income statement. But as far as the trial balance, it's going to be on the left-hand side of our giant T account. And so that's going to be cost of goods sold. It's an expense, remember, although it doesn't have the word expense in it. <laughs> And then we have another kind of new expense, or the rest of the expenses here. We're going to have sales salaries expense. Notice we're breaking out between a sales department here. And then we've got the rent expense. So we're going to have rent expense for the store. We've got the store supplies expense. We've got advertising expense. We've got office supplies expense. we got rent expense in the office. We've got office supplies uh, expense. And, we're going to, if we, and those are all expenses. So if we imagine our giant red T, those are all going to be on the left hand or debit side. So note that we're, we added a few more expenses. And we, if we think about the expenses, of course, there's going to be more expenses than probably any other type of account by far because we pay for a lot of different things. And the more we want to categorize things, the more expenses we can have. But on the simplest kind of way of thinking of this, if we think about the income statement in terms of the trial balance, we could just say, all right, how do we calculate net income? Well, it's going to be sales minus all the debits. All the debits, including the sales discounts, which kind of act like expenses but are really contra assets, and all the expenses. So it's going to be the sales minus all that. That'll give us net income. We can kind of see that number pretty easily just on the trial balance. For that reason, I like to start off actually looking at the balance sheet first because the balance sheet is everything. A lot of people will start off looking at the income statement first to calculate the income statement and kind of build that piece of the balance sheet. But I like to look at the full picture. The balance sheet is everything. It's got, the, it's got the assets, it's got the liabilities, it's got the equity. We can put every number in this trial balance into the balance sheet, and it will then balance. 
So I want to do that first, and then I want to break out the equity section into the timing components, which of course are the income statement and the statement of owner's equity. So let's think about the balance sheet. We're going to just take this trial balance and we're just going to reformat to the balance sheet. The trial balance is in terms of debits and credits. The balance sheet is in terms of the accounting equation plus and minus. Why? Because we're giving the balance sheet to people that don't know debits and credits. So that's the point. We're taking it, we're just reshuffling the puzzle from the building blocks to something that you can't see the building blocks. We're basically like taking the brick building that we put together and stuccoing it so you can't see the bricks underneath. So that's kind of what's happening. So now we got the balance sheet is going to be as of a point in time. So if it's as of December, the year end December, we're just going to say as of December 31st. We're not going to say for the year ended because that would indicate a time frame beginning January, ending in December. There is no time frame in terms of a balance sheet. It is what it is, just like if you have that, uh, whatever, if you had $100 in your pocket, at this point in time, it is what it is. It's not like you had the $100 in your pocket from January 1st to December. That doesn't make any sense. It just makes sense that as of right now, that's what you have. That's what the balance sheet is. Once we talk about how we got there, that's the income statement. That's the statement of equity. Okay, so we're going to say the balance sheet's going to have assets. Again, I'm going to put the assets on the left-hand side, and then I'm going to put the right-hand side of the accounting equation, liabilities and equity, on the right-hand side. So we're going to say assets on the left, liabilities and equity on the right. Assets will, of course, equal liabilities and equity. Now remember, the fact that we have assets on the left, liabilities and equity on the right, has nothing to do with debits and credits directly. We're not going to have any debits and credits. It has to do with the accounting equation, assets versus liabilities and owner's equity. Assets equal liabilities and equity. All right, so within our assets then, we're going to have the familiar breakout that we had prior. So we have the current assets, and then we got the property, plant, and equipment. So we're just going to go through these assets, and we're just going to drag over and put them into the proper category. We've got assets. Then we got the subcategory, current assets. I usually put current assets and then a colon indicating that now we're going to group all the types of assets that are current assets and that includes we're just going to look at our trial balance we're going to pull over into our current asset section cash is a current asset accounts receivable is a current asset merchandise inventory the new account current asset then we have equipment and is our next account on this particular trial balance not a current asset so we're not going to have all the assets in the current assets property plant and equipment not a current asset why because that's something we can't really pay our bills with property, plant, and equipment. We'd have to sell the property, plant, and equipment. And therefore, we're going to break those out differently. So we want to have the more liquid assets, as they say, in the current assets, more assets that are more uh, closer to kind of cash, closer to something that could be exchanged quickly. So if we just add those up, I'm going to have two columns within the uh, current assets section. One is just going to list the numbers related to those accounts, so the amounts for those current assets. And then the second column on the right-hand side under assets is just going to sum up those accounts. So again, not debits and credits. It's just we're just going to list the account totals. Then we're going to sum them up to the right. And so under the last current asset account of merchandise inventory, in this case, we're going to say total current assets. And we're going to sum those out to the right and just add those up. So now we have a subcategory under assets broken out in its own column called total current assets. Now we're gonna, we've got all the assets. We found a home for all the, all, all the current assets. We found a home for all those. Now we're going to find a home for the property, plant, and equipment. So under the assets, under the current assets now, we're going to include another subcategory, property, plant, and equipment, colon, representing the fact that everything under here is going to be related to property, plant, and equipment. And then we're going to pull in. We're going to look at our trial balance. The next account on our trial balance is equipment. 
We're going to put that in the property plant under property plant and equipment, put the amount there. And then the next one is called accumulated depreciation for the equipment. And that's that funny one that it's a contra asset. If we look at the trial balance, it's going to be in the asset section or it's right next to the assets and it's got a credit. That means it's a contra asset. It's really reducing the assets. So that means that when we pull it over, we have to indicate to our reader that we have to subtract that number out. This is a common thing that gets wrong, that people get wrong when they're out of balance is they didn't subtract out the accumulated depreciation. In order to indicate that to our reader, we're not going to put a subtraction sign, at least I don't. Normally, I would put less in the words. You say less accumulated depreciation. So then if we, if we looked at our uh, property, plant, and equipment, then we'd have equipment on there, and then it would say less, and we'd pull out the amount for the accumulated depreciation, and then we would have a category to a subcategory to the right-hand side again. So we list the accounts on the left. Then we're going to sum them up to the right in their own column called total property, plant, and equipment, calculated as equipment minus accumulated depreciation. So now if we think about the left-hand side of our balance sheet, what we have then is current assets, property, plant, and equipment, and the total current assets and the total property, plant, and equipment have been summed up on the right-hand side in their own column. And then if we just add up that outer column of total current assets, property, plant, and equipment, we come up with total assets. That'll be the total assets. That's the whole right-hand side of our balance sheet. That right-hand side of the balance sheet should match the left-hand side because the accounting equation is total assets equals total liabilities plus equity. So just moving down our, our trial balance then, once we're done with all the assets, the next accounts are going to be uh, the liability accounts. And we only have one liability account in this case. So on the right-hand side of our balance sheet, now we're going to have liabilities and equity. So now we're in the liabilities section. Under liabilities, we have two types of liabilities usually. Current liabilities, liabilities that are going to be due within a year's time period. And long-term liabilities, liabilities that are going to be due after a year's time period. So if we talked about a loan like a, like a mortgage or something, we would have both a short-term and a long-term portion. So we'd have a short-term liability for the stuff that we owe within a year, which is all principal, not including interest. And then we'd have the stuff that's after the year there. Other types of loans might just be that it's due within five years. We just got to pay the full thing off in five years. Something like that. A loan can have any term, you know, we set up. We can imagine a lot of different terms. But whatever in principle is due within a year should be current. Outside of a year should be long-term. Why? Because we want to basically, this is a solvency thing. We want to say, can we pay off those current liabilities with basically the current assets? So we need to be able to break those two things out. If we can't pay it off, maybe we should make some of those liabilities long-term so that uh, we have more time to pay it off or something like that. So, so just note that that one-year time period is kind of an arbitrary number, uh, arbitrary threshold to break out current and long-term. Now, we only have one uh, liability. It's accounts payable, but it is current. So under liabilities on the balance sheet, we're going to have a subcategory, current liabilities, and then we're going to include accounts payable under current liabilities, and I'm just going to total that up and say total liabilities then are going to be 15000 Now that's a little bit tricky because we don't have any long-term liabilities. So we're going to have the subcategory of current liabilities. And then I'm just going to say once we add it all up, that's total liabilities. And I'm not going to subtotal current liabilities and then subtotal again total liabilities. So total liabilities is going to equal that one. And then if we move down to the trial balance to the next account, that's going to be the equity section. We've moved on to the equity section. So the equity section starts with the capital account. So the capital account, if we look at our balance sheet, we're going to have owner's equity. On the right-hand side, we have liabilities and then owner's equity. 
And on the balance sheet for a sole proprietor, we're generally just going to have one account under owner's equity. It's going to be the capital account. Uh, it'll be it'll be different for a corporation, but it'll still be uh, le it won't have like the entire income statement in there. It'll have retained earnings, and and it will have um, the common stock, the stock balances in there as well. For a partnership, it'll have multiple capital accounts. But in any case, in this case, it's just going to be represented by one number. If we look at the trial balance, remember all the blue numbers are part of equity. So that's the tricky thing that we need to kind of figure out here. If I look at the capital account on the balance sheet, it just says capital. It doesn't say a date. Why doesn't it say a date on the balance sheet? Because the whole balance sheet is as of one date. It's redundant for us to say capital as of 1231. The whole balance sheet is as of 1231. Now on the, on the trial balance, the capital account doesn't have a date either. And here you kind of think it might want a date. Remember the capital account on the trial balance really represents the beginning capital account not the ending capital account. Why? Because everything underneath it from the capital accounts on down is included in the ending capital account. So that means that the capital account on the trial balance is really like the capital account as of January 1st for the most part and then everything else is going to be included in there. So we need that's the thing that we need to break out and be careful of. Now I do want to point out there's a qualifier to that and that would be that if there's investments by the owner then those investments might go into the capital account rather than being broken out as uh, owner investments during that time period. Draws, we usually break out. So how would you know that? You'd have to go into the general, the GL and you'd have to say, what's the beginning balance in the capital account? And was there any activity in the capital account? And the only activity in the capital account would be the uh, investments if there are any investments. Typically, hopefully, the investments happen in the first year and, and, and later on as the company's going, we're doing more draws because we earned money and drawing it out rather than investing more money in it. So if we, if we think about all of these blue accounts and we just add them up to one number, then that's the number that's going to be on the balance sheet. Now, this should be pretty easy to do if we have Excel. Uh, we could just add these up. What we want to do is take the credits minus the debits. We can think of the entire blue area as basically the equity section. So if we just take all the credits minus the debits. So uh, we would take capital as a credit balance, so capital minus draws, which is a debit balance, uh, plus sales, which is a credit balance, minus all the debit balance underneath. Sales returns and allowances, discounts, cost of goods sold, uh, salaries expense, rent expense, store supplies expense, uh, advertising expense, office salaries expense, rent expense again on the office, and office supplies expense. We would just subtract out all the expenses. That would give us the total for that uh, equity section, that capital ending balance equity section. So everything in the trial balance then should be represented on the balance sheet. However, the entire area from capital account on downwards is represented by one number, that number being capital. And we'd have to take the net credit balance in order to put that in there. Another way to see that, if you look at the trial balance, remember that if we said that the income statement was sales has a credit balance, minus all the debits underneath it, including sales returns, sales discount, and all the expenses, that would be net income. So we'd say it's the capital account plus net income, the entire income statement, all the navy blue uh, accounts, minus draws. So that would be that number there. And then we would say that the liabilities plus the equity, which just has that one number in it now, would equal total liabilities plus equity. That then equals total assets. So total assets is what the company owes, 
and the liability and the equity are who the company owes it to. Either they owe whatever they have to a third party, liabilities, or they owe it to the owner, owner's equity. Now, if we think about owner's equity then, that's like the book value of the company. That's going to be assets less what's owed someone else, liabilities, equals owner's equity. What is owed to the owner or the book value of the company. If we want to know more about the book value, that, that's kind of like saying we'd say this is what something is worth. Or if we said that's that $100 uh, that we have on us right now, then we want to say, well, how did we get the $100 on us? How did we get, in this case, to the equity balance, the net value of the company? How did we get there? Well, then we have to tell the story. The story is going to include the income statement, which will give us the activity that happened for if it was a year from January to December. That's what we earned through that time period and we'll also have this statement of equity what does the statement equity add to the story it tells us how much we drew out basically and it includes it includes draws and it includes any additional investments that we had so let's move on to that story and that story includes the income statement the difference between the income statement is we're gonna have a multi-step income statement rather than a single step income statement that we had when we were doing the service company now it's possible for us to use a simplified income statement, a more, a more single step income statement when we are a merchandising company. So it just depends what our user wants from the financial statement. If we, if we have a simplistic user that just wants a broad overview and doesn't want a lot of details, not doing a lot of ratio analysis, they just want to see the bottom line, then we will do a, a simplified income statement with less subsections. But many times people that are looking and analyzing an income statement for someone that sells inventory, a merchandising company, they often want to see a more complex income statement because the relationships in particular between the sales account and the cost of goods sold account is a very important relationship, one worth breaking out uh, most of the time. So we then will do a multi-step income statement. This will have the biggest change from what we've seen in the um, sole proprietor or of the service company. So the merchandising company income statement multi-step will have the biggest difference than what we saw before however just remember that it's i mean it's all calculated pretty similarly like if you look at the trial balance all we're doing is really to get to net income is we're taking that sales number minus all the debits below it even though some of the debits are sales returns and allowances which are kind of contra sales accounts so we can see what net income is pretty clearly all we need to do on the multi-step income statement now is to add those subcategories to get to that number so we're going to have some more more stops in the road <laughs> before we just get to that bottom line number. So those stops in the road will first include a calculation of net sales, which will be different than net income because we're going to put those sales discounts in there. We're going to also include a calculation of gross profit, which is going to be the, the net sales minus the cost to get sold. And then we're going to break out the other operating expenses between uh, the selling expenses and the general administrative expenses. Oftentimes, if we're a company that sells merchandise, we've got uh, the, the general administrative and then we've got the separate sales area and we want to break those two out in different areas as well and that will finally get bring us to the total net income so let's take a look at how this would be broken out so what we're doing on the trial balance we're looking at everything from sales on down sales on down those are the dark navy blue we already know what the balance is if we added them up on the trial balance the net income we can calculate that fairly quickly now let's pull those numbers into the income statement the income statement is going to be for a period ended, so it might say for the year ended. What does that mean? It means it's for January through December. And unlike the balance sheet, which didn't say for the year ended, it just said December 31st. Point in time versus a, uh, a period of time. 
And we're going to start with income, which in a merchandising company is often called sales. So sales of the income account, sales uh, on the trial balance has a credit balance. When we pull it over to the income statement, we're not going to put it in there as a credit. We're just going to put it in there as a positive number. And we're going to turn this into a plus and minus type of transaction. So I'm going to put two columns in the income statement. Again, not debits and credits. We're just kind of subcategorizing on these two columns in a plus and minus format. Sales is just going to go right to the right-hand side on the, far, on the far column because we don't need any subcategories in sales. There's only one type of sales. We sell stuff. So it's not like we have different accounts of sales, unlike, of course, when we get to some of these other types of accounts like expenses. Okay, so then we're going to reduce sales by these other two accounts. We got sales returns and allowances and discounts on the trial balance or the next two accounts that we have there. Now, why are we putting those up in a subcategory to sales? because they're really kind of reductions to sales. Remember when we had a sales return, someone gave us the stuff back, and we, you would think if they gave us the stuff back, well, we didn't really make the sale, we should reduce the sale. But we don't reduce the sale directly, we put it in this other account, kind of like a contra sales account, called sales returns and allowances. So we're going to reduce, we're going to say less sales returns and allowances from the sales area. Same with the discounts. So discounts, these are discounts we give to our customers. So remember what happened here is we, we sold the thing on account, then we had like a 2% discount if they pay us within 10 days, and then they paid us within 10 days, and you would think, well, we're not going to get the full sale that we recorded. We should be reducing the sales number by the fact that we're not going to get the discount amount. But we're not going to put it into that number. We're going to put it into another account called sales discount. So we're going to have sales less the returns and allowances, less discounts, Again, I'm going to represent these lesses with words, not with um, subtraction signs. I think that's often the case. And then if we add those two up, we'll have the subcategory. So I pulled those two numbers on our income statement into the left-hand side column to, to add them. And then I'm pulling it to the outside column to get to the, uh, d the total that is being reduced for uh, the sales. So now we've got sales minus th this total for less returns and allowances and less discounts so sales minus the returns and allowances minus discounts gives us net sales so this term often confuses people net sales because net sales sounds a lot like net income but they're completely different net sales is after the sales returns and allowances it's kind of like what sales should be if we had just put the sales returns and allowances into sales because they're not really sales but net income, of course, is after all the expenses. So don't get those two mixed up. Net sales is kind of like our real sales number after we account for these things that should basically reduce the sales amount, the income amount. Next thing we're going to have on there, so we have that subcategory there of net sales. If we look at our trial balance now, the next account is cost of goods sold. That's usually our first actual expense account. And it's, that's because it's the biggest, most important account if we sell inventory. So cost of goods sold representing the, the expense of us consuming the inventory in order to help us generate revenue and therefore the relationship between cost of goods sold and sales the stuff we're selling the sales price and the cost of the stuff we're selling is very important so we're going to make that our next account all the time we're going to say cost of goods sold I'm just going to put that in the far right hand column as well and then we're going to have another subcategory so rather than going on and putting the next account in there Next subcategory is that relationship. We're going to take that net sales, which is really that sales number minus that cost of goods sold. Sales minus cost of goods sold gives us 
the gross profit. So again, gross profit kind of, it's kind of similar. People get that confused with net income and net sales, but gross profit is just the relationship between the net sales, the real sales number, and the cost of goods sold. Sales minus cost of goods sold. That's going to be a huge subcategory because that relationship is going to be our biggest expense, the, the most predictable kind of relationship we have. That's why we break that up. Then we're going to put everything else in there. And everything else is kind of like what we did before. All the other expenses that we had in the service company are going to be down below. However, we're going to break them out between uh, the expenses for selling expenses and expenses for administrative expenses. So selling expenses, of course, is going to be the store where we sell the stuff. And the administrative expenses is going to be all the admin, including the accounting area and the office where we're doing that type of work. So if we just go down our trial balance, the next one we have uh, our salaries and salaries, sales, salaries, expenses. So when we go into our income statement, we have expenses, and then we have these two subcategories. They're going to be selling expenses, colon, and then there's going to be general administrative expenses, colon. We're going to pull this one into the sales salary. So right under the, the selling salary, we're going to have sales salary expense, and then we're going to group those into the left-hand side column, the numbers related and then we're going to add them up to the right-hand side. So that's going to be the sales salary. Then we're going to have the rent expense. This is the rent on the store. Therefore, it goes into the selling rather than general administrative. So we're going to pull that up to the selling area. Once again, put that number on the inside so that we can then sum it up on the outside column. Then we got the store supplies expense. Once again, we're going to pull that up into the selling area because it's store supplies related to the store expense and we're going to put that into the inner column on the income statement that we will then later sum up then we have advertising expense we're also going to put that in the selling area for this purposes so we're going to have uh, that on the in inside selling uh, advertising expense that we will then sum up outside next one says office uh, salaries expense that's obviously on the office salary so we're going to say that's going to go into the second subcategory under these other expenses. And we have the selling and administrative expenses, office expenses. I'm going to pull that into the insides. So we got general and administrative expenses, colon. And then under that, we have the office salaries that we're going to group together and then sum up on the right-hand side. Then we have the rent for the office rather than the store. That's going to go into the office expense. And then we've got the uh, supplies, finally, office supplies expense. And again, that's going to go under the office area. So if we picture this now, we have a gross profit is going to be in the outer column. And then we pulled in all the other expenses into the inner columns now. And we grouped them in two different areas, selling expenses, general and administrative expenses. Those are going to be in the inside column on the income statement. And if we look at all of the uh, selling and administrative expenses, what we're going to do is we're going to add those up. And we're going to put that into the outer column and say total selling expenses. And then if we go down to the general administrative expenses, we're going to do the same thing. We're going to add all those up on the inner column and pull those out to the outer column and say total general and administrative expenses. So that's what we have now. So if we just looked at the outer column now for the income statement, we started off with sales and then we reduced it by sales returns uh, and allowances and discounts to get to net sales, our true sales number. And then we subtracted out the cost of goods sold to get to gross profit. That's really where we left off. We left off at gross profit. Now we need to subtract out all the other stuff that's going to decrease sales. Those stuff being the, uh, the selling expenses and the general administrative expenses. 
and we broke that out into the outer column. So in the outer column, we have two numbers remaining that we need to reduce gross profit by, those two numbers being total sales expense and, and general, total general and administrative expense. We're going to add those two subcategories together and get the total operating expenses, and then we're going to subtract out the gross profit minus those total operating expenses, those total operating expenses including the selling and the administrative expenses, and that would finally get us to the net income number. And if we compare that net income number to what we can kind of give a quick calculation to on the trial balance by just taking the sales number minus all the debits below it, which include the sales returns allowance, the discount, the cost of goods sold, and all the expenses, we can quickly get a verification number on that and see if it has been done correctly and then account for any kind of problems we might have had putting all those subcategories into place. So now we found a home for all the assets on the balance sheet, all the liabilities on the balance sheet, and we found, we've broken out that equity account. Remember that equity account, we found a home for it on the balance sheet, but we grouped it all into one number, and now we wanted to break it out and tell a better story about it, and we told a better story in terms of all the income statement numbers, and the only numbers that are left now that we want to recount account for that were grouped into that uh, equity section on the balance sheet is the capital account and the draws account. So we're going to include those in our statement of owner's equity. So now we got our statement of owner's equity. It'll look, it'll look a lot similar. It's not much change on the statement of owner's equity than when we did the statement of owner's equity on a service company. It's going to start off with the capital account as of the beginning of the time period. If it's the year, it's, it's January 1st of uh, the year that we are covering here. And if we look at the trial balance, that's going to be the amount on the trial balance. It's just going to say capital. And again, that's the confusing thing. When we, when we pull it over to the statement of owner's equity, we're going to say the owner's equity capital account and put a date there, meaning that date's the beginning date. And when we look at the trial balance, there is no date, but we kind of know it's the beginning date. It's got to be the beginning date because all the activity is below it and the activity is not in it. <laughs> so therefore, that's what we're going to put into it. So we're gonna, usually we're going to break that out into the outer column. You can think of the two columns on our statement of owner's equity and put that capital account number in the outer column. And then what's going to affect the owner's equity is all the stuff below it. All the stuff below it, including draws and the entire income statement. So usually it's going to, the next account will be in there will be net income. So the capital account is going to increase by the income that was earned. That's going to increase the owner's equity capital account. Where are we going to get net income? Well, we could add up all the navy blue uh, from the income minus all the debits underneath it on the trial balance. But... We just calculated that, of course, on the income statement. So that number that we have on the income statement should be the same number we're going to pull to the statement of owner's equity. Then there's one other thing that's going to affect this capital account, and the, the only other thing that we haven't found at home for when we take a look at our trial balance, and that's going to be draws. So draws, that funny account that basically is a contra equity account. That represents the money that was taken out by the owner. It's got a debit balance on the trial balance, and we know that all the blue accounts, the credits are usually going to win. So that, that debit amount is going to reduce the total capital account. So when we pull that over to the statement of equity, we usually pull that into the inner column. Both net income and now draws are going to be on the inner column. And we're going to say less draws, meaning it's a subtraction problem. We're not going to put a negative sign. Usually I don't. I would say it in words and say less draws. And then we're going to have the subcategory that we usually put on the right-hand side. And that subcategory is going to be net income less draws, meaning the activity that happened. We often just call that, in this case, increase in uh, the owner's equity. 
Now we could call it just net increase because basically there, it wasn't all increase. It went up by net income and it went down by draws. But oftentimes it's just called what it, whatever happens, increase in the equity or just decrease in the equity, whatever the total outcome was. We're going to pull that out into the right-hand side. So now we have on the right-hand side, we've got the capital account as of the beginning, January 1st. And then we've got the increase in owner's equity representing net income minus draws. And then if we just add those two up, we come up with the total, which we're going to name owner's equity as of December 31st, uh, as of the end of the year. So we had the beginner's owner's equity. We had the increase that happened. Now we've got the ending owner's equity. And of course, that number is the number that should tie out to the number we calculated on the balance sheet. So if we recap the, the three uh, statements here and just see, we should always have some numbers tying out here. So the most basic number that should always be tying out is, of course, the fact that total assets on the balance sheet should equal total liabilities plus owner's equity. If they don't, then uh, there's kind of an issue We're gonna, where it's not a problem because it know, we know it has to work. So we're just going to go out to the trial balance and see where we're off, check each section to see where we're off. Then we know that on the income statement, net income, needs to be the same number that is increasing the statement of owner's equity number. So net income on the income statement should also be a uh, net income should be shown in the calculation for the statement of owner's equity. Those two numbers should tie out as well. When we come out to the ending balance in the statement of owner's equity, which will say owner's equity as of December 31st or whatever the end of the time period is, that should tie out to the same number that's on the balance sheet in the equity section under owner's equity. Now again, on, on the balance sheet, it's not going to say owner's equity as of December 31st because the whole thing is as of December 31st. That's one of the kind of confusing things in the dates, but it's the same number because it's owner's equity as of the balance sheet date. Balance sheet date being December 31st should be the same number as of the end of the timing statement being the statement of owner's equity, which will have owner's equity as of December 31st. So those, those are the numbers that should tie out. If they do tie out, you have a pretty good indication that things are going well. If they do not tie out, then that's okay. We're just gonna, we know it has to work, so we're gonna go back and find what is wrong.